Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Right, where the bloody hell have you been? Hey, where have you been all this time? No, it's been me. Oh, I apologise. Um, Rob from uh, the Gold Coast, Brisbane, tweeted me, told me that it had been since September the 8th since I did a show. I said, go away, you grub. No, I didn't really. Um, I've been busy. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm not going to lie, um, this lovely show used to be like top, very close to top priority outside of my day job. I'd come home and on Tuesday night, I'd, I'd do the show. Problem is now, I've got a radio show every night. Um, I have a bunch of other commitments. Um, I'm away a lot. When I get back, the kids are my priority. So sometimes it just doesn't happen, unfortunately. So I try and make up for it where I can. But if I could make this show without the calls, I could do it anytime. I could do it after my radio show. But I think what makes your tech life, the podcast, is the fact that there are people joining me on the show because they have tech questions and tech problems. So i kind of got to wait until I'm in the daytime and I can ring people and say day. So bear with me on that. We get there. Um, I, I Honestly, after a year of doing the radio show, I'm still not in the zone of uh, time organization. Um, mainly because it's so hard to get enough to talk about every single night of the week that I can't relax about it. I could record the Your Tech Life before the radio show one night, but unfortunately, yeah, it uh, doesn't work that way. Anyway, appreciate your uh, dedication, appreciate your listening, and uh, episode 377, I believe. Uh, thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Systems, Alcatel Mobile Phones, and BlackBerry Key One, and Trend Micro Home and Internet Security. Uh, lots to get through here on the show this week. Um, and um, yeah, essentially my apologies for not being with you. But a bunch of emails I want to read because people who uh, have sent notes over maybe too long for me to even think about calling back. And also people that just didn't want to get on the phone. And I, I don't mind that. That's not the end of the world, although I do appreciate you getting on the phone because that's kind of what the show's all about. Uh, Nick says, hey, Trevor, I love your work. Uh, you're the only trusted source when it comes to tech. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that from North Avoca, Coasty. Uh, now he says, I noticed today Freeview FV now supports AirPlay on Apple TV 4K, which is great because our reception is poor. Did it not support AirPlay before? That's super interesting. I, um, To be honest, I assumed it always did support AirPlay. Uh, no, it was Chromecast that they announced, wasn't it? So that's very interesting. Uh, all of the catch-up services are now on Apple TV, so maybe there's something about that... Um, that you know inspired it to to be pushed across into uh, Apple TV AirPlay as well. So that's good news for people. Um, thank you, Nick, for reaching out about that one. Uh, where's Darren? Uh, Darren says I've been listening. It's been a few years since last talking to you, but I love the podcast. Um, he loves talking technology, the podcast as well. Um, I listen each day on my way to work. Uh, yesterday, I brought my partner Annie an iPhone 8, 64 gig, an upgrade from an iPhone 5s. The guy at JB had only two left was very informative and friendly. Good on you, mate. I just love doing my Apple unboxing photos. I've uh, had quite a few over the years. This phone is great. The A11 chip is snappier than my iPhone 6S and way, way better than the old uh, 5S that Annie had before. Um, Darren himself, though, says he's holding out for the iPhone 10. Um, and he's already taken the advice and bought a, a screen and a screen protector, a case and a screen protector from eBay before you get the phones. I've done. Oh, he says, I've done the sums. An iPhone 10 would be only $200 more expensive than what I paid for the iPhone 6S on the Optus plan. Uh, the difference is coming up with the funds up front. 
I'm definitely not going back on a contract and instead reduced to $25 a month for three gig unlimited calls and texts. Thanks for helping my spend, me, spend my money this weekend and look forward to your review of the iPhone 10. Yes, can't wait, Darren. Really looking forward to that device. Um, I fear it will be quite a polarizing review because I'm not sure it's going to be everything for everyone. Stu from Blacktown says, purchasing an iPhone 8, which charging device would you recommend for the wireless charging? Uh, I've only used the the Belkin. It's interesting, mate, because, and I think they're all the same, you've actually got to place the phone in a specific way. You can't, the phone can't be on the edge. It's got to be kind of smack bang in the middle. So I don't know. I'm not yet, I mean, I love it. I love just whacking the phone down and it, it charges, but I'd like it to work across a larger part of the charging pad. So, um, interesting one, but Stu, yeah, I'd go the Belkin um, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Jackie emailed also. Jackie had a couple of thoughts. Um, She uses an iPhone Note 5, uh, which I like. She says, I originally bought it for the camera, the stylus, and it was bigger than the iPhone 6 and cheaper than the 6S at the time. It's now out of contract and I'm looking again. But owing to the price of these phones, I've decided to pay outright and purchase a SIM card separately. Good, good work, Jackie. That's the way we like it. Um, questions from Jackie. Uh, as you've seen the iPhone 10, and it's the same price as the Note 8, would I be better waiting for this? So far, I haven't had an issue pairing my Samsung with my iPad or my iMac. Uh, it's tricky, but can be done. Uh, Lightroom CC takes care of photos. From what you've said, it seems the cameras are all likely the same. Um, I like the stylus. I like the fact you can put a memory card on the Note. So, Jackie, I would say, honestly, if you're a Samsung user and you know the ecosystem, the Note 8 is an unbelievable phone, and it's well worth the money. The 10, iPhone 10 is a completely different device. And I actually think coming from uh, uh, something with a stylus and the expandable memory and all those things, you might feel a bit hamstrung by any iPhone, let alone the iPhone 10. Uh, she also says, two years ago, I had an Aldi SIM card, which was great, and it was cheap. Still a good option, or is there a better one around? Oh, I still think it's a great option, but I would also consider um, Kogan. Uh, koganmobile.com.au and probably Ovo. Kogan Mobile and Ovo would be other ones to consider. So, yeah, interesting, interesting questions. Thank you, everyone, for your emails. Um, and you can always send an email. Just go to the website, eftm.com. That's all you got to do. And, of course, you can leave a rating on iTunes if you're listening via iTunes. Appreciate that. Uh, Cam Kelly, uh, a couple of days ago, said one of the best Aussie tech podcasts. Five stars. Your Tech Life is definitely in the top two best tech podcasts in Australia. Trevor has a great sense of humor and takes a no BS approach with product reviews. There's no better way to spend the drive in the car. Keep it up, Trev. Thanks, Cam. But what's number one? Come on, mate. I mean, what's doing? I feel like if it was two blokes talking tech, you would have told me. So maybe you need to come forward there, Cam. Bit of bit of transparency, bit of honesty. <laughs> That's fine. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your review and appreciate all the reviews at iTunes. Just jump onto iTunes and leave a star rating and a written review. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So a couple of bits of news before we churn through calls. And um, we're also going to talk to Chris Bowen tonight about from EFTM about uh, Wi-Fi solutions for your home. He's been testing a different brand to the ones I've used. And we'll talk to Jeff Quattromani about the Samsung Frame TV. What the hell is that all about? Is that a good way of summarizing what I want to talk about? Now, I got a very, very interesting um, email today from the people at Dyson. Now, I read this email several times because I thought it was a G-up. James Dyson has confirmed that we are working on a battery electric vehicle due to be launched in 2020. James Dyson, the multi-squillionaire, 
sent an email to all staff of Dyson, and it said this. In part, I'll read a bit of it to you. In 1988, I read a paper by the U.S. Institute of Occupational Safety and Health linking the exhaust from diesel engines to premature death in laboratory mice and rats. In March 1990, a team at Dyson began work on a cyclonic filter that could be fitted on a vehicle's exhaust to trap particulates. By 1993, we had developed several working prototypes and shown an early iteration to British television program Blue Peter. He says the team went on to develop much more sophisticated technology. Much to our chagrin, nobody at the time was interested in employing our diesel exhaust capture system and we stopped the project. The industry said that disposing of the collected soot was too much of a problem. He says, better to breathe it in. In the period since, governments around the world have encouraged the adoption of oxymoronically designed clean diesel engines. Um, And he goes on to say a whole bunch about diesel. But he says that his ambition has been about the global problem of air pollution. They've obviously got a bunch of great products, fans, heaters, the supersonic hairdryer, the vacuum. But if you thought the hairdryer was left field for Dyson, get this. We've started building an exceptional team that combines Dyson's top engineers and talented individuals from the automotive industry. And I wanted to hear from me directly. Dyson has begun work on a battery electric vehicle due to be launched in 2020. Wow. Just wow. Dyson's building a car. Now, could be a car, could be a truck, could be a bus, could be a scooter. It's just a vehicle. But if Dyson's going to change the world with regard to air pollution, you can't just build scooters. So it's fascinating stuff. Dyson is putting 2 billion pounds, 3.4 million Aussie dollars, billion Aussie dollars, 3.4 billion Aussie dollars towards this project. And in just two years, we'll apparently be ready to launch. Don't you think that's amazing? He is going to be under scrutiny now because this is different to Tesla in many ways um, because Tesla started out with a specific goal. I don't know that anyone really knows what Dyson's working towards, Um, but it's clearly a vehicle. Would you drive a Dyson car? Would you drive a Dyson car? I really don't know. But I would say congratulations to James Dyson. He has he's provided sketches of his early um, working models and, and ideas for the for the filter of of uh, diesel exhaust fumes. So he's proving that he's been interested in this for a very long time, and he is literally out there, black and white, saying an email: "We're working on a car, on a vehicle, and it'll be out in 2020." What do you think? Would love your views. Go on Twitter at Trevor Long on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long, and you can engage as well on the website. Go to the website eftm.com. And we do it all thanks to Trend Micro, a brand new product coming from Trend Micro, mobile security for iOS, Apple devices. This expands on the Network Shield offer, offering website filtering by age group. It also protects against malicious and fake websites, and it works in both the Safari and in-app browsers. So this is parental controls on iOS devices that you can now install and trust with Trend Micro. So if your kids have got iPods and the like, you can install Trend Micro mobile security and give them and yourself protection. Um, it's a great level of protection to have at the browser. That's where you want the protection at the browser, not after you've downloaded something, not after you've been scammed. Trend Micro, mobile security for iOS. Check it out now uh, and download it uh, thanks to the good folks at Trend Micro. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.
Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is your tech life. If you've got a question about technology, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Kevin did that. G'day, Kev. How are you, Trevor? Good, mate. Really good. What's happening with you, mate? I um, just joined up with, with my Republic after a pretty ordinary experience with, with Telstra and the ADSL. Mm. So, you know, so obviously you had ADSL for years with Telstra, did you? Many, many years and many, mm. many arguments with them. You know, <laughs> just uh, lucky to get two to five megabits per second. And oh, wow. A pretty ordinary performance, you know, with Netflix and trying to run other things. It was was, was not good. So yeah. I'm quite pleased with my Republic. Okay. And do you know what technology you've been connected through? Yeah, fibre to the node. Ah, Unfortunately, okay. I'm about 550 metres away. 550. And so what speeds are you getting on, on NBN? I'm getting consistently 26 megabits per second and a, what an upload of about eight. And that, according to them, that's the best I'll get during the coexistence period. Oh, okay. So they're saying while ADSL is still running in the area, um, the the network's a bit slower. That's interesting. I've not heard that before. Yeah, that's that's what they're saying. They're, they're estimating that when when uh, the ADSL is shut down, I should get between 35 and 65. But I'll never get the full 100 megabits because so of your distance. Far. Yeah, but yeah. geez, it'd be so, different though, I'm, wouldn't it? Have you? Do you do you notice the difference daily? I mean, going from two meg to twenty. You, oh, unbelievable! I mean, I can run Netflix without any buffering. I mean, we, we I try to download a, a movie on iTunes, and I, I could be there for three hours waiting for it. I could have read the book in that time. <laughs> you know, it was it was just a disgrace. And I mean, a, a number of times I complained and I got refunded. And mm. But now this is fabulous. I mean, I, it's, I'm a bit disappointed I can't get anywhere near the 100, 100 megabits. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm very satisfied. And their service was, was unbelievable. You know, their phone service and everything went on time. So I had no issues whatsoever. I was just going to say, what was the connection like? Because that's the only negative I've heard about My Republic is... Slow activations, just just getting the wheels turning was slow. So you had no issues. No, well, I I, I signed up with them the day uh, the NBN went live here. Yeah, and they gave me a date three weeks later as to when it'd be connected. Uh-huh. It was connected that morning on time, and and within a two hours, everything was up and running, no issues mm. whatsoever. So, I mean, it is. It's interesting to me that. I've not heard the coexistence issue before on speed. Um, 550 is not at the <clears throat> outer length. I, I would have thought you could get better speeds. I'll be completely honest with you, Kevin. Um, yep, yep. Are you on a contract with My Republic? I am. Um, yes, I did. I, mm. I, I've been listening to you, what you'd said about that, mm. but I, I made the wrong move there. But I, I'm, not, <laughs> look, I'm not disappointed. Well, no, that's no, true. And, and look, I, all I'm saying is that, it, you know, I don't know how close you are with your neighbours, but I'd be keeping in touch with the neighbours. Um, especially those who live at and, and further distances. Um, because my feeling is that 25 is the speed you'd get at 1,000 metres from the node. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Because 25 is meant to be the minimum. And I just want to make sure that no ISP, and I'm not accusing my Republic, is is using any other excuses for not supporting their, their entire uh, community with bandwidth. So... But as you say, mate, well, you're happy. Uh, the, the, only, the only reason not to be happy, Kevin, is to do a, a financial analysis and say, if you were to choose a provider that does offer the slower speed, could you save money? That's right. Because yeah, you're paying for the 100 that's, that's, speed, right? 
because that's all they yeah, offer. I am, but, uh, you know, like the thing is at least it's consistent. It's never below 25, 26. It's always yep. around that. That's what they promised me before yep. I signed up. So, and Did they do a no, line check? Did they tell you what it would be like before you signed up? Did they say that? That's what they told me. They told me the 25, 26 would be the maximum I'd get being that far from the Excellent. node. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, good bloody on them for being transparent and upfront with you on that too. So I've got, got no issues there. And, I mean, I've got, what, 10 months to go, so I'm happy to sit that out. And yeah. At least I can watch Netflix without any problems totally. and download movies. You know, things are at least a lot better than they had been. And, mate, before, I so. look forward to speaking to you um, as soon as those 18 months are up to see whether you start to see an uptick. It'll be interesting to see if it happens. Very much so, very much so. And if it doesn't, uh, time to pull the pin in and go with someone else, I'd say. You bet, you bet. I'll oh, look. I'll be looking around in ten months' time. I'll be trying, you know, see what other other companies can offer. So. Yeah, good but, idea. It's uh, there'll be likely better deals by then. There'll be more carriers in the market. There'll be a very interesting. It's a great. It's such a cool time to to be connecting because we've got so much choice. So good on you, Kev. That's, that's a right. great story about my no republic. Um, enjoy your Thanks twenty odd, even though it's nothing like what you expect. It's still a, ten times better than what you had before, mate. At least it works and, and works every day. So I'm happy with that. Good man. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for getting in touch. No worries, Trevor. Talk to you and bye. And that's a that's a great, interesting story because uh, you know you hear a lot of different stories about the NBN, um, and you know a lot of also people suggest that everyone wants a hundred. Now, Kevin love a hundred, but he ain't unhappy with twenty five, and twenty five is what everyone's going to get. So, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm in. I like that conversation. It, it makes me pleased that Kevin is getting what he wanted, um, wishes he had a bit more, but is content. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not a bad outcome for everyone. Uh, good on you, Kev. If you've got a question or a comment or you've got an experience uh, with MBN or any other telco or product or technology, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, listen, I've been banging on about Wi-Fi for um, a long time now. And I've always hated range extenders, you know that. But one of the things that I started playing with, uh, the first one was Netgear Orbi, was these mesh Wi-Fi systems, the the multiple boxes you put throughout your home that essentially cover your home with a blanket Wi-Fi, kind of like an office, you know, uh, Wi-Fi network would be. I've tried the uh, Netgear Orbi, I've tried the Google Wi-Fi, I've tried the uh, Linksys VLOP, and uh, the people at TP-Link sent me a, a thing called Deco to install, and I went, you know what, I'm done. I've, I've changed my Wi-Fi enough times. Um, there's only so many, so many times you're going to reprogram 50 different smart home devices so that they connect to your Wi-Fi. So I got uh, Chris Bowen from uh, EFTM.com to take them to his home, set them up because he had a unique Wi-Fi situation. And Bodog, uh, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Trevor. I've always wanted to appear on this great podcast. <laughs> you idiot. Listen, so your let's explain your home circumstance without giving away your address, but essentially they put the NBN in your garage at the front of the house, didn't they? Yes. Look, I've got the, the original system, which is how it was intended to be rolled out, fibre to the premises. Very lucky. And I'm, uh, I've had it actually for a number of years now, and it's fantastic. And as you, I guess, you have the same situation at your house. You've just got so many devices, Wi-Fi devices running. I found that, you know, in remote parts of my house, I've got these little, you know, Eve door sensors which let me know when the rear door opens or I've got a security camera in the back corner of the the, the, uh, the backyard. But these sorts of products slow down on that 
on that network. Even though I had a great router, it was a, a D-Link, one of those fantastic routers that looks like a spaceship. Yeah, it was like it, a tri-band it, router. It was, it was the whole, like three years ago, that was the bee's knees. That was the thing to have um, because it created yeah. multiple networks and it did give good coverage. But it is an issue for you because it was at the front corner of the house and therefore, if you were putting a camera yeah. in the backyard or, you know, the far side of the house, you end up getting slower Wi-Fi because the further you are away from a modem, the the slower it gets. So the TP-Link Deco, uh, I looked it up, it's 400 bucks at Officeworks. So mm. was it a three-unit system? Three-unit system. So one is essentially plugged straight into the NBN box. It's got an Ethernet port on it. Then there's, uh, I've got two others, one positioned in the lounge room which has uh, Apple TV plugged into it directly. And then I've got a third in my bedroom, which pretty much now covers the entire backyard. So I've got things like Philips Hue lights, which I can put in the back garden. I think they're called the uh, uh, the Philips uh, Bloom lights, which yeah. are battery powered. And I'll use them as a decorative feature in the backyard. They now function perfectly because the Wi-Fi speeds are just the same as they are in the garage. Um, compared to the you know the, the the far as flung reaches of the yard, so it's just great, Trevor. These systems have really got to be the future. Have you got any idea how many devices you've got connected? Because you would have had to reprogram them all. I did. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Look, I it's about forty five all up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've got bad. Yeah. I mean, it really is a smart home, and I've got several different systems running, and we're testing you know things like the the Nest. Um, set up and uh, Arlo and uh, even you know the ring doorbell at, at the front yep. so I've got it all covered but I do need that comprehensive Wi-Fi spread now I've got that I mean and that's fairly inexpensive isn't it that price well yeah I mean for, for uh, four and a box for, um, for mo- and for most people what they don't understand so you've got MBN fiber to the premises so there's a there's a, just a plug in the wall you plug it in you're on the internet for other people you, exactly. you might have a modem so in my place I've got a modem but the thing is, you don't have to change that modem. You don't have to reconfigure all your internet. You can literally just plug this system into an existing modem, just do, as you would a, a, a computer. How many Did you do many speed tests before you got this system in different parts of the house? Yeah, I did. Look, I was always getting good speeds. You know, I pay for the highest tier um, speeds. I'm always averaging, you know, I don't know the figures, 94 up and 34 down or whatever it is, Trev. You can probably explain It's the other way better. around, but that's okay. But, you know, that, the other way around. I mean, that's a good speed, but that was inside the house. Once you creep out into the back corners of the yard, that'll drop right down to, well, pretty much the mid-30s both ways. So I don't have that problem anymore. Um, and to be honest, I can get those speeds across the road from my house now as well. Right. <laughs> I did a speed check across the road, and it's still just as fast. And it also comes with a great app, which lets you know who's signing in, uh, what devices are are currently utilising the system. And it's also got this anti-virus um, protection system as well, which gives you, you know, a bit of added security. When you've got all these cameras and things in your house, you, you don't want those sorts of things being hacked. So it's got some uh, layers of protection there that some of these other systems don't have. Well, you could sell your internet to your neighbours. <laughs> Maybe you could sub yeah, I could do that, Trev. I, I could do that, Trev. Uh, but, mate, they've got a pool next door, and they're yet, yet to let me use that, so <laughs> perhaps I can bribe them with my Wi-Fi. Swap them pool pool <laughs> privileges for Wi-Fi. So TP-Link Deco, it look, to me it looks uh, the same as the Google Wi-Fi system, very similar. It's little round boxes. Are they um, Do they sit uh, on a bench, or are they meant to be mounted somewhere? Or what are they? How do they sit? No, nah, well, they're, they're just circular discs. You can put them anywhere you want. Um, you can have them you know, positioned discreetly, or you can have them on a bench that are not inoffensive to look at they've just got one simple little light on top 
Uh, green indicates uh, the internet's working. Red means it's not. Orange means there's some other problem. Um, yeah, they're about the, the size of a CD, basically. Oh, cool. Ripper reader. All right, mate. Three ninety nine. Uh, there, as I said, I've seen them at Officeworks. I'm pretty sure they're at a bunch of different places. And the comparatively, that is actually probably the cheapest of all the systems I've used. So, uh, and if you've yeah, got exactly. forty yeah. odd devices connected, that's a pretty pretty thorough. Because normally these things slow down with too many devices connected. So I think we've proven that that ain't the case with these ones. Alrighty, I keep definitely it not in. the case. Look, I, from from what I've read, it is an entry-level system, but look, it's doing me wonders, and I'm wrapped with it. So. Well, you see, and let's be clear, you don't play gaming. You're like, you're not a massive into gaming. You're not sharing files across the house. Yeah. You're doing what the average family's doing. You got, you might be doing some smart home stuff, but you're also doing Netflix and Apple TV. You're streaming. You, True. You're just using normal entertainment stuff. You're not worried about latency and lag and stuff. It's all just working. It works. That's what matters, right? Absolutely, Trev. You're a good man, and. Uh... Look, latency, whatever that means, I'll have to go Google right now. You're an idiot. Thanks, Bowen. Goodbye. And we do it all. Thanks to the good people at Alcatel. Alcatel Mobile. Yeah, check out the A3XL. Now, this is a cracking great phone. I think it's $179 at Vodafone. I mean, for a six-inch screen, big phone, great price. Now, here's one great feature. The fingerprint sensor on the back allows you to unlock your phone to access your favorite apps. Five different fingers, five different apps. So you can register a fingerprint per app and you can have that app open up directly from the home screen. So phone's locked, you open it up, middle finger, Twitter. Third from uh, third from the left, let's see, your index finger, no, you know, Facebook. One of them email, one of them phone. So each finger can be a different app. That's a really cool, cool feature. And also, built into the camera are a bunch of great selfie uh, filters. So you can actually put, you know, lines, face on, clown face, different things. Like Snapchat filters, but without needing Snapchat. Uh, A3XL from Alcatel available now at Vodafone. $179. Cracking great value. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, a quick one about the Apple Watch, Right. Now, the Apple Watch Series 3, I've written a full review at EFTM.com. I've got to be honest, blown away. This is a game changer. The idea that you've got a SIM card built into your phone and that you can have the same number on the SIM card in the, in the watch as the phone is awesome. Now, it's not new around the world. It's new to Australia. And why that matters is because you can leave your phone behind so much more. Why do you take your phone with you to the park? Why do you take your phone with you to the shops? because you might get a message from the wife telling you you forgot something or you need to get something else. No worries. The Apple Watch has that information sent to you because it's internet connected. It's on the 3 4G network all the time. Plus, in a month from now, you've got to stream Apple Music, 40, millions, 40 million songs at your fingertips on your wrist. Now, I know it's not for everyone, but I'm just saying it's, it's been a very freeing experience for me to not have to take my phone everywhere. It's been a very relaxing experience to not be looking at Facebook and bloody Twitter all the time just because it's there. And I think this is a glimpse into the future. I think this is a glimpse into a time five years in advance that we don't buy big things as a phone. We buy them as screens and the watch on our wrist is the communications device. The screen we carry around is for interacting or for taking photos or for reading Facebook and, and the news and different things. I genuinely think we're going to transition to some other form of, of communicating. 
And I'm just blown away by how good it is to be able to receive texts and things. Now, a lot of work needs to be done. A lot of apps need to work independently of the phone. Um, it'd be great if other messaging systems were as easy to use on the watch. Um, we just need them all to update their apps, essentially. And, you know, the Apple Watch is now the number one selling watch brand in the world, Tim Cook says. Now, that's based on value, so the number of dollars spent. The estimates are they, they, they sold 15 million watches at about $330 each. The next best is... Uh, Rolex, who apparently, according to some analysts, um, sold a million watches at around four and a half thousand dollars each. But Apple's the biggest. That's a big, big deal. So look, I encourage you to check out the Apple Watch Series Three if this is uh, this is for you. I just think it's a really cool glimpse into the future. I think it gives you independence from your phone, and you know what? We can all benefit from that. We really, really could. Check out my full review at EFTM.com. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. If you've got a tech question, um, jump on the blower. EFTM.com is the website. We'll get you on the line. Mark's there. G'day, Mark. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, Trevor, my wife and I are travelling to Nepal later in the year and we're going to have limited access to electricity. Mm. So we're thinking of taking a, a small portable power bank and or uh, a little solar panel that'll fit on a backpack. Yes. I just wanted your opinion on um, what we should do. So, look, um, how many days are you going to be without power, do you think? Well, probably four or five at a stretch. Yep. Um, and then it'll only, we'll only have access to, like, power for one or two hours during the day right. on okay. the other days. Yes, yeah. okay. So, look, I think that um, you're on the right track. I would say to you straight up, solar stuff ain't that great. <laughs> Um, yeah. the, the solar, so I'll give you a name to check out and that's BioLite, uh, B-I-O-L-I-T-E, BioLite. They yeah. do a really cool solar panel. It's bigger than you might hope, but it's, you could absolutely flick it on a backpack. Um, and it's kind of like an A4 sheet of paper and yeah. it performs best as do all solar panels when they are literally directly pointing at the sun. So this thing actually has a little, um, a little indicator to tell you whether you're... It's like a sundial, essentially, to tell you whether you, you've got it square onto the sun. But I think, yes. mate, walking around during the day, you might get 5 or 10%, maybe even 20% of your battery charged using one yep. of these things. So, obviously, the first thing to do is, is rationalise your devices. Only take one device so that you're not trying to yep. charge multiple ones. So, both of you rely on the one phone. That'll be good. Um, yep. So, that's, that's a useful thing to do uh, during the day. Uh, and then yeah. when you do get to power, I wouldn't charge the phone. I would charge a power brick. So yeah. I, I would get a, um, uh, I mean, I, I use a Belkin one. They're, they're bloody amazing. They've got one that is, it's called the Mixit, M-I-X-I-T. Um, it's about 70 bucks. And you'll know it's, oh, sorry, no, I think it's 90, $90 for the big one. It's got 10,000 milliamp hours. Now, to give you a sense of what that means, the average smartphone is two, two and a half thousand milliamp hours. So right. I've done a three-day trip. Like I went to America and back, didn't take a wall charger. I just used this battery pack. Okay. So, you know, that battery would absolutely fire up your device um, over several days. And also yeah. the smart thing is when you're trekking, you don't maybe you won't leave the phone on all the time too. You'll just use it when you need it. So if you're only yeah. turning the phone on when you need it, uh, and you're using the solar to charge the battery that you're carrying around, um, yes. you'll probably end up in, in pretty good um, you know, usage because 
you turn the phone on for an hour a day or two hours a day, it's actually not going to chew through much battery anyway, um, yeah. unless you're using it as a camera and you, and you need to leave it on all the time. Um, yeah. Well, if, we haven't worked that out yet, what we're going to do, but um, that's given us some good things to think of. But if you do how use heavy it, would the, the power brick be? Oh, it's, uh, mate, it's about one centimetre thick. Yeah. Um, okay. The bigger issue is weight. You know, it's not a, it's yeah. not like it's a kilo, a few hundred grams maybe, but it's yeah. it, it fit in the side pocket of a um of a of a backpack, no dramas. But oh, you know, okay. it's it's a funny thing. I notice it in my bag when I'm travelling light, but oh, okay. I don't yeah. notice it in my bag when I'm travelling heavy. So you know, it's it's one of those yeah. challenges, right? But yep. it, it's it's packing a real punch. There's a lot of power in there. If you do want to use your smartphone as a camera, by the way, just make yeah. sure you learn. The basics of of battery conservation, which is airplane mode, um, yes. turn down the screen brightness, so yes. that it's it's really mate. I've had iPhones sit on my desk for days and days and days on end, with still got power because they're in airplane mode. They're not doing anything. So yeah, if, gotcha. if you've got them in airplane mode, you can use them to take photos, and then you put them in um, you know connectivity mode when you're near Wi-Fi to put them on Facebook for your family, whatever you're doing. But yeah, I think yeah. a a Belkin Mixit. Rockstar Power Pack, 10,000 milliamp hour is an absolute winner and good quality brand. I think yep. a BioLite solar panel would be brilliant, but don't yes. don't think you're going to rely on it for, for days of charge. And no. I think you can use your camera, your phone as a camera, if you whack it in airplane mode to conserve battery. All right, that's really good advice. Thanks very much, Trevor. No worries, mate. Enjoy the trek. Hopefully, yeah. Ah, absolutely. Okay. You'll have a ball. Good on you, Mark. Thanks Stop. for get, reaching Stop. out. Talk when I get back. Thanks. Good on Bye. you, mate. I look forward to hearing how it all went. What a fun journey to undertake. Uh, if you've got a question about tech like Mark, uh, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Well, look, TVs are all pretty boring. Let's be honest. Uh, black thing on the wall that you turn on to play Xbox, watch Netflix, or watch the Today Show, because those are the only three things you could possibly want to do with the television. But... Um, the idea of Samsung's frame TV did not appeal to me when I heard about it, did not appeal to me when I saw the kind of demonstration of it at CES. But I have to say, having had a closer look at it now and seen more demonstrations, it's kind of starting to grow on me. Now, uh, Jeff Quattromani from EFTM uh, has one installed at home. I thought we'd get him on to have a chat about what it's really like. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Well, uh... So tell me, what did you have before you put the frame up? Uh, a reasonable TV, or were you coming from nothing? Like, let's 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 set the picture. Yeah. So to set the scene, we uh, we actually had a TV which came with the house, so it was already a number of years old, but it was wall mounted. So we didn't want to when we bought the place, we didn't want to really rip it off the wall and right. put a new one on. We thought we'd give it a few years. So then the Samsung frame concept is it's a great TV, does all the things that you'd mm-hmm. want a TV to do, but when it's off, yep. it's showing artwork. Really? Does it really appeal Mate, to you like that? It really does because you've got to remember that the living room is no longer just a place to sit down and watch TV. I mean, people gather in living rooms now. People sit down, have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. There's conversation happening do I really want a 55-inch or 65-inch black rectangle stuck to my wall? I mean, it's, it's ugly. Mm. I mean, as beautiful as TVs are becoming, when it's switched off, it's just black. So what do I really want to show on, on that, in that space? And why not make it, you know, photos with memories on it or, or a beautiful piece of art? That's the, best, that's the best way to, to sell it to you, I think. And so does it 
uh, constantly show that? Because I understand it has like motion sensors. So it's not, have you tried to sneak in on it at night to see if it's still showing up? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you sit really still on the couch for a long time, it realizes that you're not there anymore. It thinks you're not there. So it actually does switch off completely. Uh, but yeah, you're right. So the motion sensor on the television is set to turn off completely when it stops sensing activity after a period of time. So if I leave the room in about five to 10 minutes, that TV is going to go completely black, but no one will be there to see it. But when I walk back into that room, it notices before I've even looked at the TV and it brings the artwork back up. So it also, to, to talk about the sensors on the TV, it's not just motion, it also does light sensing as well because let's face it, if it's going to show artwork, it should adapt to the light in the room. So if the room is fairly dull because the sun's going down, then the picture will actually adjust to that. So it doesn't look like a digital picture frame like we used to have. It's just a beautiful, big, in some, in some ways, quite seamless way of displaying art. So it's kind of like the, the sensors make it like the light in the fridge. We never really know if it goes off. Kind of, yes, if you have to look at it that way. Well, I'm a very simple man, Jeff. <laughs> What's, look, I, I know, my, I my read is, though, it's very expensive for a TV. Look, at, at that price point, so it's about 3200 for the 55 and, and 4600 for the 65-inch. Yes, it is a high price to pay, but it's not. this is not aimed at somebody who just wants a 4K TV. This is aimed at somebody who cares more about their living area than just having a television in it. It's, it's really more about that whole lifestyle experience. If you're having a home theater, for example, you would never put the Samsung frame into a home theater because you know what that room is for. It's for watching content. So you would just get the best TV you can for the money. But when you care about the whole room and not just using it for television, then that's why this starts to come into its own, I think. It's a different, it's a different area completely. And choosing the frame, you get to choose what it looks like, which which is suitable, I guess, for people who have a certain design style in their lounge room slash home. Yeah, absolutely. So that was actually a hard choice for us to try and pick the right frame, but you get a choice of beige, white, or walnut, which is a dark brown, and it doesn't come in the box. So you buy the television without the frame actually oh. included. That's a separate cost of two ninety nine. So you do need to factor that in as well. But the good thing is, is that each the tops and the sides are all individual pieces that clip on with magnets so if you can actually buy multiple frames and change it through the seasons or if you get bored of one shade you can buy the other one and try a different one as well so yeah you, you do actually stick it on it's not the tv out of the box with that wooden looking frame around it changing your tv frame with the seasons jeff i think your whole concept of design has jumped the shark mate that's just <laughs> lunacy but Look, what, it, it isn't, it isn't. Trevor, if you were to come over to my place, That's I would make sure that there's, a picture, that there's a picture of you and I oh. on the frame before you arrive because <laughs> what a beautiful feeling that will be to walk into the house, we're sitting down for a drink and you look at the TV and go, hey, that's us. So that many, sweet? So many parts of that story would just never happen. Me coming One over, us having a drink together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff's full review of the Samsung frame is available at EFTM.com. Thanks, mate. Get back to work. Cheers, Trevor. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, get in touch anytime you want. Just go to the website, EFTM.com. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, anything at all, get in touch. Ned's on the line. G'day, Ned. Hey, how you going, mate? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Mate, um, got a uh, Samsung uh, Note 4. Okay. Um, I lost all my contacts uh, while I've done factory reset. 
So you did a factory reset and lost yeah. all your all your contacts. Everything. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, I I got the back some of them, but not everything. Um, I tried to back it up, but it was too late already. Um, I had an old um iPhone. Mm. I just wonder whether is there any way I can do um to transfer the contacts from the iPhone into the Samsung. Ah, what's that's a great question. Great question. Um, <laughs> let me think about it. So let, I'm just going to work through in my head what I would try here. I can't guarantee any of it's going to absolutely solve the problem, but it's all worth a bloody try. Let me tell you that. Um, first thing I would do is um, I would uh, sync the phone, the iPhone, with a computer. So plug it into a computer, not using the cloud. So plug it into a computer, open up iTunes, and... Um, yeah. And give the uh, and see if you can then choose the backup. So with an iPhone backup, you can choose, you know what you, it's it's not a backup you want to do. It's a synchronization. What you want to do is synchronize your iPhone with your computer. Now that might involve copying photos, it might involve copying apps, but it, it, you can also choose contacts. And so what you really want is for the contacts on your phone to be synchronized with some form of contacts on your computer. If you've got Microsoft Outlook on your computer then you might choose to to have your context saved in Outlook, okay? So that's step one. You need to work that out first. And once you've worked that out, you need to do the sync, unplug the phone, and you need to find them, find those contacts somewhere in the computer, which should be in Outlook um, under contacts. Now, once you can see them on another device, i.e., in this case, your computer, what you need to do then is export them uh, from your computer into a file. Uh, you can export most contacts into a into a, a comma delimited file, and then that file is what you want to import into your Gmail account because you've probably got a Gmail account working on the Android phone, yeah? Yeah. And so you want to synchronize your iPhone with the computer. You want to, on your computer, forgetting the iPhone, on your computer you want to export your contacts to a file, and then you want to go to Gmail on your computer and import the contacts. And once you do that, they'll be stored in the cloud forever, they'll synchronize with your phone, Bob's your uncle. I'll give that a go. It's complex, I know, but do it one step at a time. First and foremost, get the stuff off your phone onto the computer. Once you've done that, you can work on the next bit. I would give it a go, then I'll give you a call back and see how how it went. Absolutely. I look forward to hearing from you, Ned. Good on you, mate. Much much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if you've got a question like Ned, just get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. All thanks to the good people at Garmin. We thank them for their support. And if you haven't checked out Garmin Pay, it's here, baby. The Vivo Active 3 is a new GPS smartwatch with contactless payments. This guy is a sports watch with tap-and-go purchases. Everything is a tap-away with Vivo Active 3. This sporty smartwatch includes built-in GPS, more than 15 preloaded indoor and outdoor sports apps, and is Garmin Pay Ready, allowing you to leave your phone and wallet at home, right, thanks to this new payment method. Wrist-based heart rate gives you access to fitness and monitoring features and all-day stress tracking, and the side swipe interface and touchscreen provide quick access to everything Vivo Active 3 has to offer. Check it out now at Garmin.com. Easy to find, easy to use, and ComBank supported. So check it out now. Garmin Pay, available on Garmin smartwatches. Check them out at Garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. That's a wrap. Appreciate your support. Appreciate your uh, interest. 
Uh, get in touch. I, yeah, I'm going to get a show done next week for sure. For sure. Got, um, pre- I should be clear on Monday and, and, and Wednesday. Got a bit on on Thursday. Off to Bathurst on Friday. Got a great race with our good friends at Vodafone. Uh, if you've got a question, if you've got a comment, if you want to have a chat, just send me an email. Go to EFTM.com. Thank you for downloading. Follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. Follow EFTM on Twitter at EFTM. Follow Your Tech Life on Twitter at Your Tech Life. Jump on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Just search for EFTM and just search for Trevor Long. Like us all. We love you back. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week here on Your Tech Life. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, Tech Life. Life with Trevor Long.